How are you doing, you wonderful nerds? Scott here, and before we get into today's episode, I want to explain a couple things, because you may have missed, uh, or you may have noticed yesterday that we missed a day. We missed an episode. Day 17 is not around. We did record it, and I'll tell you exactly what happened with that episode in a bit, uh, but I want to explain where my headspace is at right now, because this past month has been... A ton of fun, and I love it, but boy, has it also been torture. And I joke about it a bunch, you know, I make light of it, but it's catching up to me. And I am, in case you didn't know, in case you don't follow me on the uh, on the internet, I'm pretty vocal about this, but I have incredible anxiety, and I am super introverted. I just interactions social interactions drain me completely mentally emotionally physically even everyday human interactions like if i hang out with my friends one day out of a week i need like two days to recover i have not had recovery time (laughs) for the past nearly 20 days now um i've been putting that off so that i can continue to make these podcast episodes for you. So having social interactions every day for, you know, these past 18 days on top of my normal, you know, hanging with friends interactions and uh, on top of just some personal stuff that's been going on in my life that I haven't even had time to process yet. All of that put together made yesterday miserable for me. It was not a fun day. I didn't get much done. All I did was order lots of food with lots of cheese on it. And I just sat in front of Netflix and I just turned off everything and just needed to recover and recuperate and have a day with no social interactions, which I didn't even uh, do because we did record uh, the episode yesterday. And the reason it's not up is because by the time we were recording it, I was so completely defeated that it's just, it's not a good representation of what I wanted this podcast to be. I wanted it to be fun and silly. And the person I brought on as a guest was great and lovely and had a lot of interesting insights to point out. But I sat there the whole time with nothing to contribute because I was just done. (laughs) They would point out something awesome that no one else had pointed out before, a really interesting detail that slipped me by, and my response would be, that's neat. I just didn't have any energy. And I hate that I got this person who wasn't a a close friend. It was someone I met through a friend who wanted to do this podcast. And I hate that I got like my first interaction is I got them on the show to talk about this thing. And I was just a complete mess. So apologies to that guest and apologies to you guys for missing a day. Uh, I want the record to show that we still did record it and we still did watch the movie, but the episode will likely go unreleased because, like I said, it's not fitting with what I wanted the show to be. And it's also just boring, not because of the guest. The guest was great. It was just me. I didn't have anything to contribute. And I was just, I was done with Scooby-Doo at that point. But we're back and we're better than ever. And we have many more fun times to go and many more days to go. I appreciate you listening. You all are great. And without further ado, let's get into day 18 with lots of more energy. Hit it, Shaggy! This is tied for the most terrifying day of my life! I was lost every other freaking day of my life! <laughs> Hi 
How are you doing, you wonderful nerds? Scott here, and it is day 18 of the Month of Monsters podcast, a, a, a Scooby-Doo podcast, where I'm watching Monsters Unleashed. Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Remember, it's important to say the full title. Off to a great start already. Uh, I'm watching that movie every single day for the entire month of October. And as you can tell by the fact that we missed a day yesterday, it has gotten to me. It has not been super fun. Uh, But you know what is fun is talking about it with some lovely guests, my friends from the internet and from real life, too. So everyone, wherever you are in the world, stop what you're doing and give a big round of applause to my guest this week, Daryl, from the uh, co-host of the Story Geeks podcast. How's it going? It's going great, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am so happy to have you on because you told me beforehand that it was your mission to point out things that I had yet to talk <laughs> about. And I'm so dreading the moment where where you bring up something. I'm like, yeah, we, we talked about that in a previous episode of this thing. It'll probably happen. But as I was preparing, I had some ideas and then I was listening to one of the previous episodes earlier today. And I'm like, oh, no, they covered that. So... <laughs> But There's not a whole lot of ground that we haven't covered, but to I think be fair, I found some. We'll see. No, I'm excited. I feel like you have a keen eye, and you're you're gonna <laughs> bring up some stuff, and I'm like, oh man, that's exciting. I would say just get ready to spend some time in left field. I'll put yeah. it that way. Well, before we jump into it, can you tell everyone about the Story Geeks podcast? What's that about? Yeah, so I'm the co-host of the Story Geeks podcast along with Jay Shear, who created it. And um we like to dig deep into what we call geek films, which we sort of categorize those as sci-fi fantasy or comic book movies and tv shows and other stuff as well and we like to really kind of get down into it and find the the themes and the big ideas that are there and maybe extrapolate some ones that may not have been there to begin with (laughs) so we like to do that kind of stuff and and you've done that with us a couple of times now which is really fun it has been Super fun both times. The first time we talked about Spider-Man yeah. in film, right? Yeah. That was that was in person too, which was just so much fun. And I love hanging right. with you guys. And I love talking about Spider-Man, who's one of my favorite characters for hours. And it was so good. And then recently, we also dove right back into the Green Lantern movie. We did. Yeah, we have another <laughs> format that we do called Make It Better where we all come up with ideas for how we would improve a movie. And man, we had a lot of ideas for that We sure did. And so, of course, my payback for making, uh, for you making me watch Green Lantern again (laughs) is me making you watch Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. So, (laughs) Which is totally fair, although it's nothing compared to what it sounds like you're going through trying to watch it every single day. Oh, it's a nightmare. Oh my gosh, you're just punishing yourself. (laughs) Yeah, so I have to ask then, which one's better? Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed? Green Lantern? Oh, wow. That's a good question. I certainly have more connection and nostalgia to Green Lantern, I would say, as Mm -hmm. a character, so... They are both frighteningly flawed movies. So <laughs> I would, I'd probably lean towards Green Lantern, but I, Ouch. Not, not by a whole lot. Ouch. That hurts me. That <laughs> hurts me on a personal level. It's, no. it's, you know, it's all personal. I was just more of a, I read a lot of Green Lantern comics and probably more than I watched Scooby-Doo cartoons. So that's totally fair. I've yeah. got a bunch of, you know, Scooby-Doo is, is a franchise I grew up with loving and continue to love to this day. And I'm reading a lot about it. And I'm, I'm even just to give myself a break. I've decided just now in this moment that I will play the uh, Scooby-Doo Night of a Hundred Frights video game that everyone keeps telling me to play. It's been sitting in front of me. A fan sent it to me ages ago. And I think What's it I just on? Needed... What's the platform? Uh, everyone else has been telling me that they've played it or that they recommend playing it on PS2. Uh, the the <laughs> fan sent me it on GameCube. So... So it's I not the because there's a post credit sting right where they give like a code to a Game Boy Advance game. It's not yes, that one. It's not that one. But if somebody wants to send me that one as well, I will absolutely. <laughs> I I, I want to check that game out. I don't even have a Game Boy Advance either. I mean, I, that's not to be fair. I didn't have a GameCube when my friend when a fan yeah. sent me this, but I went out and bought a GameCube. So anyway, wow. uh, 
you were telling me beforehand that you had not seen these movies. And in fact, you didn't watch the first movie. And I'm curious if you think that hindered your experience watching the sequel <laughs> at all. Uh, no, I, I don't think so. It certainly didn't make me feel like I didn't know what was going on. Good. Um, <laughs> that was actually a choice uh, that came from you because I was listening to, I think it was your first episode of this series. Yes. And you said that you thought that it feels more like the two should be swapped, like the second one should have come first. Yes. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to, I was going to watch the first one for context, but it just kind of sounded like maybe I don't need that. So I'll just no. watch the second one. Fantastic. You're helping me confirm a theory of mine and I appreciate <laughs> that. So what did you think? Best movie? Flawless movie? Uh, flawless movie no um okay fair enough it's probably and, uh, it's the best live action scooby-doo movie i've ever seen oh fantastic well thank you so much for joining us i don't think you have anything else to say on this uh <laughs> on this podcast episode that's really all i wanted out of you <laughs> yeah i can't imagine you have any other critiques at it, all it was weird because i mean all of those cast members with the exception of Linda Carlini, because I wasn't really a big Freaks and Geeks fan or anything like that. But the rest of them, I had a long history with, you know, in their earlier careers. Like, I was a big Buffy fan. Yeah. And, you know, the I Know What You Did Last Summer movies with Freddie Prince Jr. and the Scream yeah, films. Scream, of and, course. And all that stuff. And then, you know, then you got Seth Green in there and Alicia Silverstone. So, yeah. it was really weird to see them all <laughs> doing those things. And to most of them seem to be kind of doing like some version of themselves, but like adapted to Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Except, except Matt Lillard. Like yeah. he was just way out there. He was going for it. Oh, with Shaggy. He, absolutely. He, my, the bit that I keep doing and I wonder if people have caught on is anytime someone mentions Matthew Lillard's performance, I keep giving him like a higher percentage of like, he brought 10,000% to this role. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's caught on at this far into the podcast, but I'm just going to spoil that bit for you. Now, now you're going to be listening to it every single time yeah. that happens. But yeah, I loved him in this role. He was he was crazy. Like he just went out there and was like, you know what? I don't even care what people think. I'm just gonna go nuts in front of this camera. And he did. He did it. Yeah, man. I mean, he's he felt more like a cartoon than Scooby did, who was more <laughs> or less just a really high tech cartoon. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know what? I agree with that statement. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So I'm I'm curious about these observations. Did you want to bring one up? See if you, or maybe no less <laughs> observations, but just talking points. Okay. Well, I guess I can start with a few things that kind of blew my mind. And these are things you've probably already talked about, but they're just like things that I noticed that stood out as really weird. Some of them are lines. Like, yeah. um, like when Fred and Daphne are fighting the, uh, I forget what the, 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 the electricity monster, the volt monster. Or, yeah. The 10,000 volt ghost. There you go. The 10,000 volt ghost. And she's like, Fred, remember when you were young and you wore that jumper and we used to watch cable. <laughs> <laughs> she's trying to like talk in code to get him to grab the jumper cables. Yep. 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 It's like, is, is the, is the ghost really that smart? Is he going to figure that out? Yeah. And not only that, but in the time, after Fred figures it out, it's not like an instantaneous because like think about it if it was a, a different scenario where I don't know, there was like some contraption set up and all Fred had to do is like pull a lever and she was trying to get him to be like, you know, some weird code words to be like, pull that lever or whatever. <laughs> and it, it would happen instantaneous. And like, then that would make sense why she'd want to remain cryptic. Cause it's like a, you have to do it rapidly and it's like a quick thing. But the fact that as soon as he even realizes it, it still takes them a couple seconds to set up <laughs> the scenario. Like if the 10,000 volt ghost and the black Knight ghost weren't going to react in time, like even when they could see clearly what the two of them were doing, then it's like, why be cryptic at all? Why yeah. even bother? Yeah. Yeah. Very, very strange. And then of course the, before that Daphne shouts at the, the, the 10,000 volt ghost and says, taste the pain, Mr. Glowy, ugly thing, <laughs> which is, <laughs> yes. 
I can't That's a believe, heck of a zinger. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't talked about this line yet. So already you're off to a good start. Hey, there we go. Uh, yes. I. So what I love about that line is I think it's supposed to call back Daphne's one character flaw, which is she can't come up with zingers like that. Oh, because, really? Okay. Because earlier uh, when they're at the, the Wickles Manor right outside and the two kids roll up and they're like, nice job last night, losers. And she's like, <laughs> got to think of a comeback. Hey, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess that was a bit they were trying to set up, but I don't know. It just felt like it only happened twice to my knowledge, unless I, unless there was another one that I missed, but I don't I know. I completely I've, missed the first one. When yeah. she started to say it, my mind went right to Zoolander. Oh yeah, and, and to to uh, Hansel going taste my pain, bitch. You know, and I'm yeah. like, is she gonna say that? She can't say. Oh no, glowy ugly thing. Okay, glowy yeah. <laughs> ugly thing. Yeah, flawless. Maybe there is a, a a third one somewhere hidden in the movie that I just keep missing because that would make more sense. Like you know, like a rule of threes sort of a thing. But the sure. fact that it only happens twice is kind of weird to me. Yeah, and I don't know if this is the best movie you can look to for obeying rules. Yeah. That's you know what in general. I that's a fair criticism. I'll let that one stand. <laughs> Sweet. Um also something that stood out to me. Okay, so the, you know they have the the super popular trope of having everybody dance during the credits. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I mean it still happens today. You go Avengers Infinity yeah. War, remember that? When it was well they only had half the people dancing at the end. Right, of that only one. half were dancing. Yeah, the others were right busy doing something else yeah i can't remember but what baffled me is how did they find an entire cast of people who don't know how to dance (laughs) (laughs) that's impressive well because so this is and it goes back to another like weird tropey thing where you want or like they try to get the same characters from the very beginning of the movie in there. Like at the museum opening, like the, the Dinkley brigade and basically all the fans in the crowd, they're yeah. the ones who are there at the end dancing. So in my head, they were, that was like supposed to be some sort of like interesting book, book ending kind of thing where they're just like, Oh, it's the same people at the beginning or the same people at the end. But they clearly didn't, they casted them for one role, which is look the part of who we want in the beginning. And then at the end, when they were filming it, they're like, oh, we forgot about the second (laughs) criteria. Oh, there's dancing. Well, and it's always the kind of thing where it's like, look how much fun we had making this movie, you know? And either that lands or it doesn't. And in this case, it's like, well, now it kind of feels like you knew your movie wasn't great and you're trying to make us feel like it is with a dance bit at the end. Yeah, I get that vibe a lot too. Like the vibe of it's clearly they, it, it feels really forced. It doesn't feel like a natural like, oh, these are the people dancing and like they're, we're just having a good time. It really just feels like everyone pretend you're happy because we need people to think that you had fun. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, know. so another place that my mind went, when I think back to Scooby-Doo, the episodes that I loved of Scooby-Doo, and this will not shock you based on who you know, what you know of who I am, but it was always the ones that had Batman and Robin as guest stars. Ah, uh, yep. And I'm yep. like, I how cool would it have been to have Batman and Robin in this <laughs> movie? <laughs> You and I what? started thinking, I'm like, who yeah. who would play them? Like, oh, and I feel like you kind of have to have George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell. Oh, yes, that would be. Well, yeah, I would love that. I feel like they wouldn't. Well, I at least think Clooney probably wouldn't want, agree. <laughs> no, no, I mean, that was when did this come out? Was it 2004? Four. OK, yeah. so that was that was a good what? Six years or so after batman and robin came out uh yeah something like that he was something like that he was definitely regretful by that point i think he was regretful before he finished making that movie to be honest (laughs) that's true he has i mean maybe this is just me but in the past few years it seems like clooney has been way more outspoken about how much he hated working on that movie like without even being asked like i remember 
um, an interview for what was that space movie? Gravity was that one? The one? He yeah, was in? yeah. He, it was like it's just an interview, and they were just asking about like how was it inside the space suit, and just like apropos of nothing, he's like, you know what? It beats the bat suit. Oh God, <laughs> putting nipples on a bat suit. Can you imagine that? I mean, I didn't even know they had nipples. I couldn't turn my head down. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, you are getting insanely defensive, like immediately. It's yeah. kind of suspicious. I remember him saying at one point that when he was shooting the movie, he thought Batman was gay. Yeah, you know what? I, I don't know where that comes from, but and yeah. I remember Chris O'Donnell saying, "When we made Batman Forever, we were making a movie, and when we made Batman and Robin, we were making a toy commercial." Yeah, and you know what? It worked because I have a Chris O'Donnell Robin uh, action figure still to this day. Really? I, I think it's in my closet. Nice. I don't Much have like- one of those, but I own the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna make a. In the closet joke because you had just said it was, oh. there was being gay. I couldn't I piece it together. It. I couldn't I'm piece sorry. it together in time anyway. <laughs> I, you know, it's a DIY joke. Just put it together at home, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. No, I <laughs> I just, if I could just linger on that a little bit longer though about George Clooney. in the Because he lately, in the in the last few years, he, he just has this excuse of, I didn't even know it had nipples on it because I couldn't like turn my head to look down. And I'm like, George... George, 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 have you heard of a mirror? I can't imagine <laughs> Surely that you didn't has. walk by a mirror or somebody didn't take your picture in the suit before the movie came out. Like, he's trying really hard to distance himself from the bat nipple decision. Like, it wasn't me. And we're like, we know it wasn't, man. You didn't design the costume. Calm down. Yeah, you don't develop that, like, sophisticated head tilt thing that he has without spending a lot of time in front of the mirror. That's true. That's Well, he couldn't do the sophisticated head tilt in that's the bat true. costume. <laughs> yeah, so he couldn't move his head at all. That's what he's really complaining about. Yeah. <laughs> I was, but, oh, yeah. yeah. So, what I was going to say, um... On the Story Geeks, we actually have an episode coming up where we're going to make Batman and Robin better. And um, Oh, yes. Yeah, we're doing... It's coming out in December, I believe. But as Jay and I have been talking about it, one of the first things he's already said is no nipples. Like, remove all... <laughs> remove the bad nipples. <laughs> Just get it. Because then we wouldn't even have to deal with it in uh, in Watchmen when Ozymandias had them. Are they there too? Yeah, well, because it was a reference And that's supposed directly. to be a real serious film. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's supposed to be. But <laughs> then, uh, yeah, Snyder was like, no, man, I got to put jokes in. This is a reference to Batman and Robin. Superheroes are silly, right? <laughs> yeah. And then someone gave him the keys to the DC universe? I don't know what happened there. They did. I don't know. I don't know what your opinion is on, on that. We don't have to get into that whole can of worms. I think well. some of it's great and yeah. some of it's not. I agree. I yeah. agree, everybody. It's okay to have nuanced opinions every now and again. Yeah. Like, for example, when you say that this is an insanely flawed movie, what you really mean to say is that Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed is a cinematic masterpiece with an occasional flaw here and there well what i mean is the flaws are insanely entertaining i will accept that (laughs) i may have just made that up but let's go with it let's run with that yeah yeah for sure so what else do you have to to bring to the table here amuse me i'm kidding i'm sorry i don't want to treat my guests that way there's other there's other potential guest stars i mean if you look back at the cartoon you could have had the adams family you could yeah. have had the Harlem Globetrotters. You could have had Davy Jones from the Monkees. Now, see, there's a fine line to straddle here, right? Because, <laughs> because, well, what I mean is, like, because in, obviously, in the, it was meant to be a gimmick during those days, right? Yeah. But people just kind of accept it as like, oh, that's like a fun part of Scooby-Doo. In fact, a new Scooby-Doo show that's coming up is specifically about just different guest stars. Wasn't um, there a run of it back then when they had one like every week? Yes. And I think they're kind of doing it again okay. in the future at some point with future guests, Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill Nye, the science guy. Wow. And also Batman and Robin are going to stop by because of course they are. Ricky and what Gervais? was the Ricky, Ricky Gervais? Yeah, what a weird, what a weird choice. But yeah, what was the other? I, I want to say there was another cartoon that it crossed over where it was like people riding around in like a sentient dune buggy. Oh yeah. Oh, what gosh. was that? I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. 
because they referenced it in a couple or yeah in like one episode of um mystery inc as well um but that was all just a fever dream <laughs> in that episode <laughs> but yeah oh i'm gonna sound like such a fake fan because i don't oh, know it i found it speed yeah. buggy yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there's a picture of it. Holy cow. Yeah, and there's like a Shaggy clone. Is that actually Shaggy? Uh, are Shaggy know. and Daphne in it or are those other characters? I have no idea. I only know of it by the references in Mystery Inc. Okay, it does not look like it's actually Shaggy and Daphne, but man, they look like them. Sounds like it. For sure. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it though. I mean wow. like, yeah. So I think what I was going to say is there, there's like that just became a part of the um, quote unquote grammar of Scooby-Doo. We're like, that's just an accepted, like having all those guest stars is just an accepted part of it started out as a gimmick, but it's accepted now. So if you have them in the movies in the live action movies, then it's like a fine line between like, is it a gimmick or is it just a part of Scooby-Doo even in this live action thing? Because they did have celebrity cameos, but the celebrity cameos they got were Ruben Stuttered. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Was that like right after he won American it Idol? It had to have been, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't follow any of that. And I never I never did at the time either. But like, it had to have been, right? Feels like Clay Aiken would have been a better fit. He would. Well, you know, they probably, he was probably just upset that he never got the role of Shaggy. Oh, he could have done that. Could have done that. <laughs> that would have worked. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I because I I felt like because the question I keep proposing to the audience is if there was a Scooby Doo three, um, which was another theatrical release, same cast, and it took place maybe two or three years after this movie, so around two thousand six, two thousand seven. What would it have been? hypothetically and something that a lot of people keep pointing back to is you know going back to that era of scooby-doo with a lot of different guest stars yeah in it i think i think it would be fun um to have like a batman and robin but not as batman and robin like it might be fun to have like at the time can you imagine having like adam west and burt ward pop up for like a scene or something oh, like yeah. that would have been great. Would have been lovely. They don't even have to be in the Batman and Robin thing. It could just be like them or them playing. It could just be like them as Bruce Wayne. And yeah. Dick Grayson. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Something like that would have been fun. But if it gets crazy wacky out there, I don't know. Then again, that would be also entertaining. So I don't know. It's a, like I said, it's a fine line. It's a fine because in my head I was like, I mean, if they put the Harlem Globetrotters in a live action Scooby Doo movie, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'd watch that. It'd be incredible. I mean, there were a couple of Harlem Globetrotters on The Amazing Race for two different seasons, and they were great. Man, were so, there a lot of basketball type challenges? I, you know, I don't even remember if there were any. Ah, oh, man. What a tough break. <laughs> when will it work out for them? <laughs> I know. Their lives suck. <laughs> um, so, okay, well, if they made a third one, what about doing something more like making it now and Ooh. it's like an R-rated Scooby-Doo a la Logan where everybody's <laughs> old and grizzled and... I want to point out that it's <laughs> like is shooting like, ghosts in the head. <laughs> this is like the third or fourth time a Logan style Scooby-Doo has popped up on this podcast. <laughs> so there is a demand for it. Please. <laughs> Warner Brothers, listen to us. People want to see this. Let's have, let's have James Gunn direct that one too. Not just Ooh, write it, but he can direct yeah, it. Right. Yeah. He's working with the, with Warner Brothers now on stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More uh, ensemble cast movies, yeah. which all started here, I think, probably. I mean, he didn't direct this, but, you know. Yeah. I'm sure he'd trace his whole career back to writing Scooby-Doo scripts. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? I Why would. not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Another thing I was thinking is what if this movie had exactly the same cast, but then this is really weird, but they were all playing sort of their iconic characters that they've already played. So if it was oh, like, yeah. if Sarah Michelle Gellar was at playing Buffy Summers and Freddie Prinze was playing Ray Bronson from I Know He Did Last Summer mm -hmm. and Elisa Silverstone was Cher and Matt Lillard was Stu from Scream. Oh, man. Seth Green could be Scott Evil. Oh, I yeah. Mean, <laughs> he kind of was, he kind of straddled that line of like, 
you know, normal but psycho in this movie as well. Similar. Yeah, he to, was one of the red herrings, kind of. He really was. They the movie really wanted you to think it was him to the point where they didn't even explain a lot of his. <laughs> you know, stuff that was going on there, you know, why is he acting so strange? Why was he here? The movie's like, ah, he's a red herring. Don't worry about it. And he has red hair. And he has red hair. Do you think anybody thought of that when they were casting this movie? They, you know, I will tell you that, that they didn't because if, I don't know if you're, how familiar you are with Scooby-Doo, the Scooby-Doo franchise, but there was a a series called A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, which was like the baby version. Like, you know, you have your like baby Muppets or- Rings a vague bell somewhere. Tiny tunes. Like, you know, there was that kind of thing where they're just like, take a cartoon, make them younger. Yeah. Um- in that show, they had a recurring character that was in, I think, every episode, um, but but just kind of popped up at the end or in the middle somewhere, named literally Red Herring, who had red <laughs> hair. And the joke was that Fred would always think it was Red Herring for no good reason. And then, like, you know, so at the end, it'd be like, we finally caught the ghost. We know who it is. And Fred's like, yeah, it was red herring. And then he'd get like a phone call and be like, I'm not even in this episode. And it's wow. like, oh, all right. And then, uh, yeah. So can you imagine? It just, it just frustrates me. The point that they, that was already set up years before this movie. And they didn't even bother to like go through with it. Like they could have just literally had his character called red herring. Cause he looks very, very similar, although the red herring in the cartoon is a bit tougher and bulkier, but that's fine. You know, take liberties, do whatever you have to. <laughs> you got to modernize it, right? Yeah, of course. Maybe the red herring in this universe is a museum curator. Who or knows? just a giant fish. Yeah, a literal red herring. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, yeah. Weird. No, yeah, that's it's just because you can tell on one hand that this movie was written by people who had an understanding of the cartoon because there are lots of uh you know all the ghosts that they face almost all the ghosts that they face are from the old cartoon series the black knight ghost old man wickles is a character that's like from the first episode of the first scooby-doo thing ever so it's like the there are bits and pieces where you're like wow this was kind of this was this must have been written and put on by people who really love scooby-doo but then there are just other moments like, oh, no, they're just making fun of Scooby-Doo. The thing I was missing was the intro. Like, when I think of Scooby-Doo, I think of the classic, you know, the credits with the song. and Yeah. And I think the only time you hear the Scooby-Doo theme is like the punk version during the fight at the end, right? You sure do. I mean, it's interwoven. Um, there's a, a, The melody is interwoven in some other parts. Yeah. Um, where, where it just does the... Dun, 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 but that's the only bit. And then they just kind of like evolve. And then that just sounds like Spider Man, to be honest. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but yeah, I will say that they're when they arrive at Wickles Manor, um, it looks very similar to the uh to the the castle in the opening. Like it's got the bats flying out and everything. So again, it's mm. like it's a weird, weird homages, but it's, I don't know. It's just, I can't tell if they like Scooby-Doo, if they're making fun of Scooby-Doo. I would have liked like a literal shot for shot remake of oh, that credit yeah. intro from the classic cartoon. Oh yeah. I mean, imagine there's so many iconic scenes from that too. Like I want to, I want to ride this idea for a bit. Cause I like where your head's at. <laughs> okay. All right. They're doing a museum opening, which pays tribute to all of their old cases. Imagine mm-hmm. if, we saw that in the beginning to set up we, instead of just being like, yes, they're here that, you know, the gang has been solving mysteries forever, blah, blah, blah. If we just got the shot by shot opening, uh, which shows all the different monsters that they've fought or a lot of the different monsters that they've fought and unmasked. And uh, that was, that was like the summary. That was like the, this is where, how, who the gang is. This is how they've been, you know? And this is why they have a museum. Like that would have been perfect. And it would have been so lovely. There's that iconic shot of them, like all hovering over a book and they like look directly yeah. into the camera. Ugh. And you could even tie it in. You could show that whole sequence and then pan out from like a big screen on the wall and have it be something that they were screening at the museum. You yeah. Know? Oh, absolutely. I would love that, man. That just, it reminds me of, and I'm sure there are movies that have done this better, but 
the one that comes to mind is probably the worst movie, which is uh, The Last Airbender. Oh. Where The Last Airbender, for all of its flaws, at least had uh, tried to recreate the opening um, in live action. Although that opening is still flawed because I believe that they just replaced actual like writing with just made up scribbles. And it's just like, come on, why would you, why would you have to change that? Uh, you know, the only saving grace I have from the last airbender is the fact that I never watched the cartoon. So I don't have a picture of how badly it was butchering the cartoon. Yeah. I just know that it's uh, a terrible film. <laughs> you know what? That's, I wonder if that, I, I'm curious if that's a better or worse way to watch it. Cause like, I was a huge fan before then. So to me, it was at least kind of nice seeing some elements be put in there, even though it was so butchered. It was so just uh, unrecognizable when it came out the other end that it just, you know, it was so disappointing. But it was still nice to be like, oh, I know that. I know that arc. I know that character. Uh, You're pronouncing their name wrong, but that's fine. And, you know... (laughs) Or if you just watch it and you go, wow, this is so boring. Yeah, and makes no sense. Yeah. Like, story structure makes no sense. Usually it's Jay's, my co-host's job to complain about story structure because he's a writer <laughs> and I'm not. But I even complain about it in that movie because I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, it's ugh, it's bad. But And then, because I feel like a lot of people who have been watching this movie with me, Scooby-Doo 2, um, Monsters Unleashed. It's uh, I wonder how many of them are huge Scooby-Doo fans or if they're watching this movie with no context of the the franchise, similar to you with uh, Last Airbender. And I wonder if that makes a difference at all. Because I, I've pointed this out in previous episodes. Um, obviously, Scooby and Shaggy is one of their big kind of character uh, uh, characteristics, I guess is the fact that they just eat a lot, right? Yeah. That That's yeah. something that, that we just inherently know, but it's really not seen in this movie until they eat the cotton candy club. Right. But, but before then, it's really not established that, oh, they eat all the time. Uh, so I'm wondering if someone has no idea that context and they get to the part of the cotton candy blob, if they're just like, oh, is, is do they, I don't get it. Did they just eat it because it was, I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like out of context, it just feels weird that they would just immediately dive in and be like, we got this. I would imagine that not having context really, really hurts the experience of watching the movie. Because as I was watching it, I did have context for a lot of it. I mean, I don't remember all the ghosts and stuff, but I remembered the snacking thing and how goofy Shaggy and Scooby were. But I had to remind myself. Like, as I'm watching it at first, I'm like, what the hell are they? Oh, right. That's like the cartoon, you know? Yeah. And if you don't have that to fall back on, what are you left with? (laughs) Yeah. The only other time we've seen them eat in the movie is I think when they buy the Girl Scout cookies. But even then, it's not made out to be a big thing. It's just like, I think Shaggy maybe eats one cookie and Mm then... and. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like they could have established that a little bit better. Every, my, my All of my criticisms of this movie always go back to, they could have established that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's true. No. They could have. <laughs> they really could have. Uh, anything else on your mind? Okay, yeah. this is... Yeah. This is where the left field thing really comes in. Oh, yes. Hit me, please. Okay. And I have to credit this to my wife because she was watching the movie with me last night. At least most of it. She bailed <laughs> before the end of it. <laughs> I do not blame her. <laughs> she she hung in as long as she could. Yeah. But she knew that I was watching it to prepare for this. And she's like, you should try and figure out how to recast this movie with SNL cast members. Oh, my God. Yes. So I did that. <laughs> I can't. So. I've been trying to think of like recasting this movie for ages, and usually my fallback are SNL cast members, but I haven't actually done that yet for this movie. So I am so curious. Okay, who do you so have in mind? I went with current SNL cast specifically, so okay. that I wasn't going down the you know forty five year old. You're not going to do like Andy Samberg as Shaggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess so. You. So these are all current cast members. So I don't know if you're watching SNL a whole lot right now, but oh, I sure am. Okay, so you'll know all these people. But mm-hmm. all right, so with Fred, I went with Beck Bennett. 
Oh, yes. I see so, that. And there's a specific reason for that, because I want that sort of Beck Bennett, Kyle Mooney interplay in the movie. Oh. So, Kyle Mooney is going to be Shaggy. Of course. Uh-huh. I love it. Um, Daphne's going to be Heidi Gardner, who oh, is yeah. a, the newer cast member. She does like mm-hmm. the, I'm going to my sister's character, yeah. you know, yeah, on yeah, Weekend yeah. Update. <laughs> Um, Velma would be Melissa Villasenor. I was going to say her. She's so perfect for the exactly, role. I, I know. love her. <laughs> and then, um, for the voice of Scooby, I'm going with Keenan Thompson. <gasps> yes. <laughs> I think he would be fantastic. He would in crush that. it. My yes. wife thought Leslie Jones should do it. So I think he could go oh. either way, I guess on that one. But. Either way, it would be really funny. <laughs> um, and then I went with some smaller characters too. So Jonathan Jacobo. I would go with Mikey Day. Yeah, yeah, um, I see that. Patrick Wisely, the Seth Green character, I'd go with Pete Davidson. Yes, absolutely. Heather Jasper Howe, you have to do Kate McKinnon. I was going to say, she has to, to be in the movie. She, she has to be. She's yeah. so good. Oh, I love that cast. I, I love it so much. I would sit down and watch that movie right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's turn off this podcast and let's just, <laughs> let's do it. I would feel bad for who, because I'm trying to think of just other characters as well. And I was like, oh, there's Ned. Oh, but I don't want to give any of these great people <laughs> like the role of Ned who's just there. Well, know? that's the fun of it. I mean, you could go and you could throw old cast members in as the ghosts or all kinds mm. of stuff. I mean, you could populate the whole stinking movie with SNL alums. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. I like that. Man, so. I love... Because that's that that tends to be where my head goes, especially with I mean this is this is a mystery movie, but it's more so just like a comedy for children. So yeah. having them in the movie would update it a bit with actual jokes and actual humor, which I think would be fun. I should say though, I don't want that to replace the existing film. I want it to happen after the existing film, so it's like uh-huh. a spoof of. The, the existing film. Oh. Well, I, I want the interplay. You know what I mean? Yes. So before when you were talking about um, like doing a, a, another Scooby-Doo movie where like all of the current cast was playing roles that they had played before. Yeah. In my head when you were describing that at first, I like misunderstood. And I was like, I was thinking that it would be like them as the actors like very like galaxy quest style where it would be like it would be matthew lillard and sarah michelle geller and it would just be like them as people um who had no it would actually be like buffy summers dressed up like daphne yeah i get you because in my head i was like and then the twist would be for a third time the monsters are real this time (laughs) because i know you haven't seen the first movie but the first movie goes this time the monsters are real. And then the second movie goes, this time the monsters are real. <laughs> are they not re- actually real in the first one? Oh no, they are. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yep. 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 But they still act like it's a big deal in the second one. When the monsters come to life, they're just like, Oh, it's a real pterodactyl. Or <laughs> and it's kind of, I don't know. Are they real? Or is it just that, like that goo that sort of like animates, the uh, statue and makes them into a monster. I, first I'm a little of all, unclear on that. it's called randomonium. Randomonium, right. of course. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I, yeah. So it's, so the first movie, it was a supernatural like ritual. It was like objects, um, supernatural objects and a specific ritual and dance and blah, blah, blah. And that's what brought real monsters into okay. the world. It wasn't unlike this movie where it was the costumes of like the older stuff. It was just like, generic kind of monsters that you know were very specific to that ritual it had nothing to do with old school scooby-doo okay gotcha. this movie it was very much less supernatural and more science right because it was a machine that brought them to life based on a or you know brought together by jacobo who's a mad scientist uh, sort of a figure and uh that's that little nuance between the two movies where it's like the first one the monsters were real because of supernatural events the second one, they're real because of science events. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah. 
Wow. P- take your pick on which one you prefer. I actually do prefer the scientific one personally, just because the first movie had a whole subplot where the Scooby-Doo gang was turned into disembodied souls. It's not a great movie in my opinion. <laughs> a lot of people seem to prefer it to this movie. So I don't know. Take your pick, I guess. But to me, I like this one better. Is it at all like darker or more serious? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Um, it's but I think really? it's like more, marginally or yeah, marginally more adult. Okay. Um, and kind of darker in a way because the not to spoil it for you. Oh, go um, ahead. Okay, so the idea <laughs> the idea is that the monsters it's the the monsters they go to an island called Spooky Island. It's an amusement park sort Great of name. thing, right? Love it, and uh, they the idea is that the tourists who are coming into this amusement park are being um, like their souls have been taken out of them, and they in, into their bodies put these like monster souls because the monsters can't go out into daylight so they have to like use human skeletons and human flesh to like walk around or whatever uh, but obviously when they come out the other end they don't act like themselves because they don't have their souls in them anymore and that's like the mystery <laughs> that the gang is trying to solve they're, they're like okay. they're like gathered here because it's like oh these people go into this island one way and they come out a different way and it just feels weird and wrong and uh, what's going on sort of a thing um, and so there's a lot of like, who do you trust kind of like, um, you know, it could be your friend who's, who's already been taken and their soul is blah, blah, blah. And, you know, people stretch out their face in like weird, interesting ways to let you know that, oh, it's just a suit or whatever, but it's, it's kind of cartoony, but it's also still kind of gross and weird. And yeah, so it's, so it's kind of like Scooby-Doo got to the secret invasion story way before Marvel was ever yeah. going to. Yeah, yeah, it feels that way. It's yeah, it's very much a you know torn up in group of like this person is a monster. No, they're not because I like them, and that's that that's all that matters. And blah blah blah. And yeah, so there's a lot of that. Um, and then the gang gets put put back together in uh, in a great scene where they all start swapping souls so their voices come out of each other's bodies and like there's a there's a wonderful moment where Fred is in Daphne's body and he goes I can look at myself naked and then he peeks down her shirt because uh, it's I mean it's a kids movie so because <laughs> you need those jokes yeah just like turning shaggy do. into a woman yeah I mean good, good on you James Gunn <laughs> good humor and is the is the scooby-doo disguise with the fro and the dancing scene is that the most racist scene in any movie (laughs) history in history i yeah maybe not in cinematic history it's got to be on some sort of a list yeah that's interesting we've not tackled that angle of it quite yet I know a lot of people have issues. This scene at the faux ghost is probably the one that people have the most to say about, which is fascinating to me because in my opinion, it is the most nothing scene because (laughs) literally nothing happens. You could cut it from the movie and you'd be fine. You know, like there's no plot development that moves forward with it. But yeah, it just feels, uh, I don't know. What I mean, so yeah, you were saying it feels very racist to you. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm just trying to be funny. I don't have a whole lot to back that up, <laughs> but but uh, it's, there's got to be somebody watching that going, "Whoa!" Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's also just because they clearly have a person in a suit, and then they CGI Scooby's head on top of it because they weren't gonna, they weren't just gonna like CGI the whole body and the right. whole suit. Yeah, that would have been too much money. Um, so for that reason, to me, it's very, like some of his movements are very uncanny. I wonder who that guy was. Like, do you think he tells people that he did that job? I would. Oh, uh, that's all I would (laughs) tell people. I would introduce myself that way. I'd be like, Hey, how's it going? I'm Scott. I was the human stand in for Scooby-Doo two monsters unleashed during the faux ghost dance number. Nice to meet you. I would yep. absolutely do that. Hey, if you know who that person is, let let's see if we can get them on the podcast. That'd there you be a go. Ton of fun. <laughs> that could be the big. That could be a big conclusion on Halloween night or something. Yes. 
I will say, I don't want to jinx it, but we, I'm in talks now for a specific actor from this movie to appear on the podcast. They're very busy, so they might not, but I'm incredibly excited if the answer is yes. The fact that they even reached out and we're even having conversations is a positive sign in my opinion. So don't want to jinx it, but gives you something to look forward to on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It's also a positive sign that any of the actors from this movie are still very busy. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I mean, honestly, I would expect Linda Cardellini to be super busy all the time. Yeah. I feel like her specifically. And then... Uh, and you know he, Seth Green is crazy busy. I mean, you oh, don't see him yeah. on screen all the time, but he's making stuff left He's and right. always making stuff. Even Matthew Lillard's been, um, you know, he still voices Shaggy in cartoons. And Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because ah. um, Casey Kasem was the original voice <clears throat> of Shaggy, and he voiced him for ages. There were a couple of different people who filled in during around the 90s. Yeah. Um, but it was, it's all, it was almost always Casey Kasem. And then... Uh, when he kind of retired from the role and then eventually also uh, died. Sorry. RIP Casey Kasem. Yeah. Uh, the role was passed down to Matthew Lillard. And I just, I love that the way that that transferred over live action shaggy to uh, cartoon shaggy. So are they the only two that have ever done it? No, there were, uh, okay. it was so fun story. And, uh, I, I made a video about this ages ago. So, um, Casey Kasem was a vegetarian or vegan or something. There are reports that say both, but the idea is he just didn't like eating meat. He didn't believe in the practice, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so during the second season of the first, like Scooby-Doo, where are you? He negotiated that he didn't want Shaggy to eat meat in the cartoons. Um, and okay. or, I can't remember. It's been years since I made this video. But uh, the idea is he just he wanted Shaggy to reflect that his own kind of lifestyle. Right. Um, and there were other cartoons. That's kind of how it was for a long time. Uh, but then at some point during the 90s, a lot of the writers just didn't care anymore so they started writing shaggy eating uh eating meat in case someone was like all right i'm out mm. and then so for a couple animated movies i don't think it was ever a tv show but for a couple animated movies in the 90s there were other people that voiced shaggy one or two others okay um and then when these movies came out uh the live action ones uh the the love of Scooby-Doo was rejuvenated in the public's eye. So they introduced the new cartoon, What's New Scooby-Doo? And they brought Casey Kasem back and they said, no matter what, as long as you're voicing, Case- or as long as you're voicing Shaggy, he will never eat meat on these shows. And, <laughs> and uh, that's how it was for a long period of time until Matthew Lillard took over the role. And then I think either he didn't know about that, I, that rule um, or the writers just didn't either because ever since Matthew Lillard's been voicing him, they just completely dropped that from Shaggy's character, which I think is a shame because I thought it was like an interesting element to add to Shaggy. Like he eats all the time, but you will seldom find him eating any kind of meat, which is uh, fascinating. Even in these movies, they, they do their best not to even show Shaggy eating meat in the first movie. Like he's grilling up, um, uh, eggplant burgers or something like that and <laughs> really? yeah this movie they don't show him eating really much of anything except a cookie but like yeah so what are scooby snacks made of then because then that begs that question yeah yeah uh in the first live action movie it's revealed that scooby snacks are a hundred percent vegetarian <laughs> which wow, really? in my opinion is not a thing that would be great for a dog yeah <laughs> But I mean, look, I don't know anything. You could just pack it full of nutrients either way. In this day and age, like I'm, I'm pescatarian solely because, um, like a lot of red meat and stuff just makes my stomach upset. Like it's, it's, it's not an ethical thing. I'm a terrible human being. It's just like, (laughs) I'm just like, "Mm, I love burgers, but boy, eating them makes me feel bad, like physically. Uh, so like I eat a lot of, um, like the plant protein sort of stuff that is supposed to be passed off as like meat quote unquote. Sure. Uh, And it's like really tasty anyway. So like, what do I know? You could feed that to a dog. You could do something like that. All those chemicals and 
science processes and be like, yeah, it's vegetarian, but maybe it also works as a dog treat. Whatever makes Casey Kasem happy. Whatever makes him happy. I want a petition that says we should go back to having vegetarian shaggy, please. Just because I think that would be an interesting uh, element to add on to his character. But yeah. I'll say I, it. Yeah, I also had a bunch <laughs> of people on that video who were just like, I hate that Casey Kasem like, demanded that his character follow his lifestyle. Uh, but I don't see it as a big problem. I I made a tweet about this and I don't want to be controversial or whatever. And I can edit this out if you, if you want me to. But <laughs> there was also a thing happening with the, uh, the recent Halloween movie uh-huh. um, where um, oh, I'm blinking on her name. Uh, um the actress yes jamie lee curtis jamie lee curtis thank you where there was like a whole article or something about how like jamie lee curtis's character in that movie uses a gun even though she's a huge like gun control advocate and it's just like the same people who are complaining about that i guarantee you were the same people complaining about like casey Kasem's a vegetarian and he (laughs) demanded shaggy to be vegetarian Mm, i hate it when actors want their characters to be one way but why can't actors demand that their characters reflect their lifestyle it's just like pick a lane guys come on now i gotta be honest i thought you were gonna go a completely different direction with that i thought you were gonna say that she was demanding that her character eat Activia yogurt on screen. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Look, all I'm saying is every role that Jamie Lee Curtis has, her characters have to be reflecting her love of Activia. And at some point they show her needing to run to the bathroom. That's right. I mean, it's, I want realism in my stories. So. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But yeah, that's, uh, that's where my mind goes. I Sometimes this podcast gets vaguely political. The second episode was called Capitalism's the Real Villain. So I feel like people should know what they're getting themselves into. Well, I mean, if you can take Scooby-Doo to a political place, you're probably doing your job, right? That's right. Why are you even following me if you don't like my commentaries? <laughs> uh well, either way, is there anything else if, you wanted to ch- talk about? I mean, if we with? can on the story geeks, if we can pull like spiritual truths out of the Meg, then you can pull <laughs> political commentary out, uh, of, out of Scooby-Doo. I love it, though. Yeah, I love that stuff, man. Like, that's the whole that's the whole point. I, I'm, I'm writing this article for a for a YouTube magazine about video essays. And like the first thing they're just like, really quickly, you should probably just tell people what a video essay is. I'm like, really quickly. Um, how many characters <laughs> do I get? How many words do I have? And uh, I'm like already at my halfway point for like, we want it to be 800 words. I'm like 400 words later. I think this is an accurate representation of what video <laughs> essays are. But like in the process, I was talking about how like it's a difference between a review say like a review of the meg is one thing right but then like an analysis of the meg is something else entirely that would draw in a completely different audience yeah and uh and it, in my opinion my kind of audience and so hopefully totally. if people are day 18 into this podcast uh and they're just thinking it's going to be a simple review of scooby-doo 2 and there's not gonna be any sort of analysis in here at all then uh you are sorely mistaken my friend there can't be anybody that thinks that at this point right not at this point i hope they didn't think that at day two day one i think was a pretty good like let's just talk about how weird and wacky this movie is day two i'm like let's talk about the element of uh, how the reporter uh, was the <laughs> villain and uh, how that reflects on today's society of the fake news and blah 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 so yeah if you if you made it through day two hopefully you know by now sometimes we go a little deeper you have to yeah you just have to and i know where else people can find stories of going deeper into nerdy (laughs) subjects segway segway i don't want to interrupt (laughs) if you had other things you wanted to bring up no i i've uh that was the that last snl thing was the weirdest thing i had so uh, that's sort of my pinnacle fantastic well then where can uh, people hear more of your thoughts about nerdy things? They can head on over to thestorygeeks.com um, and they'll find all of our podcasts there. They'll find our blog, um, links to our Patreon page that has extra content. And then you can you, know, you can find the podcast on all of your typical podcast 
uh, things as well. I really thought this through. But, you know, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, all that good stuff were on there as well. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know where to put podcasts except iTunes and uh, the Google Play thing. And that's all I have <laughs> for this podcast. <laughs> it, I was like, what's cheap or free? That was my, I was like, what's free and easy? And everyone's like, when's it going to come on to SoundCloud? I'm like, I don't have money for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm all about iTunes myself. I just listen to everything through iTunes. So yeah, I mean, plus, if it's not there, I have a hard time tracking it down. Exactly. Plus, for anyone out there who's day 18 complaining, why isn't it anywhere where I get it? Uh, if you're interested, we also just put this straight up RSS feed on ScoobyPodcast.com. You can plug that into your favorite podcast listening app and you should be fine. Um, bing. There you go. But yeah, I don't want to jack hijack your your plugs with my plugs. Uh, but yeah, go check out the story geeks podcast. It's a ton of fun. I love, uh, listening to it. I love appearing on it and talking about nerdy stuff for, uh, way too long, which is a compliment because I usually don't get to, (laughs) I usually don't get to talk about it with anybody. Uh, and so it's fun to chat about it with people who are also like way more knowledgeable about things than I am. It's very fun. <laughs> and you're coming back, right? We got you coming back soon again. Oh, yes. To talk about, uh, well, I guess we teased it before, but we're going to talk about the DCEU. That's so. right, we are. It's going to be a fun time. Wait until you hear my, crit- it's just, it's literally, it's going to be two hours of me going, release the Snyder Cut, you cowards! <laughs> Uh, that's not actually my opinions. I just think it's funny when people yell that. Um, <laughs> in fact, and then I have to say, I mean, I know I, I haven't brought this up with you before, but I have to say, after Aquaman comes out, I feel like we have to talk about Aquaman with you too. Yes, 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 yes. Please, I have. I've been trying to tweet about Aquaman on a frequent basis. I used to do it every day, but it just got really annoying. Um, so I, I like tweet about it. I try to do it like once a week just to be like, this movie's going to be fun and I love it because it's my goal to get like invited to some Aquaman thing. Sure. Yeah. But go to the premiere, shoot big. Yeah. Well, I, that's what, that's what I wanted was the premiere. But as far as I can tell from my friends, um, like, I guess they're just like, I have friends who went to other DCEU premieres and they just said like, yeah, they don't really make a, th- a big thing about it. Uh, like the way that marvel does marvel makes a big thing about it but like dc i guess really doesn't recently so i don't know uh i mean they'll have a they'll have a premiere but i think marvel has like premieres Mm. yeah i don't know either way if you (laughs) i don't want to like ask my audience to do a thousand things but like hey if you know anyone who could hook me up with the aquaman premiere that'd be pretty good uh if do you have it, any contacts at warner brothers tell them that i've been doing a podcast about their favorite movie uh that they've and ever why not released. try to score three tickets and jay and oh, i can come too i'm just saying yeah, no you know yeah no i'm not gonna bogart that <laughs> <laughs> well i will say once not to go off on a tangent um at the end of this podcast but i was invited to one marvel premiere once uh which was captain america civil war wow Ooh, which i loved one. um yeah and But the thing is, they were just like, the invitation was for me and a guest. And I was like, awesome. I'll bring my friend along. Yeah. Um, And then we we realized, thankfully, we realized before we got there. um, So it wasn't like a bad thing. But the invitation was really just for me. And they were just like, but you can bring a guest, but they can't go in and watch the movie with you. And I'm like, oh, no. What? So it's just like bring a guest to wait in your hotel room while you watch a movie. And I'm like, ah, okay. I mean, my friend still wanted to go cause he'd never been to LA before. So he was just like, yeah, it's a good opportunity to like get out of the state and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, cool. Let's, let's do it. But I felt bad. I felt really <laughs> bad. Cause like I pitched it to him. Like you want to go to this Marvel premiere with me? He's like, hell yeah. And then we just didn't, we just, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't even talk about it with him because, like, he's, you know, I didn't want to spoil anything. And he was like, don't say anything to me. Don't even tell me if you liked it. And I'm like, okay. You dick. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, so uh, if that's the case, and there's a Aquaman premiere, and they're like, you can invite two people. I really hope it's not the same situation. <laughs> yeah, just steer clear of it altogether. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also, I, I mean, I could that that movie premiere was just a wild experience but like w- i was also sitting next to uh dane cook at the premiere no way <laughs> which really? was super bizarre yeah, yeah yeah he was a he's a nice dude but yeah anyway that's a story those are stories for other times yeah this is for scooby-doo look forward to more scooby-doo stuff we got a couple more Weeks to go. God, I, w- I really wanted to say days, but it's... <laughs> but you're just not there yet. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you so much for joining. Uh, and thank you so much to everyone who left reviews on iTunes. Uh, I will be doing another episode soon where I read off those uh, reviews, which will be a ton of fun to do. Uh, and I think that's really everything. Oh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's, it's blah, blah, blah. Links in the description. Or as my friend keeps telling me, it says, call it the scoobly do. The scoobly do? I don't know. He wrote wow. it out for me. It's just, it's a stretch. Anyway, <laughs> would you like to join me in ending this podcast uh, that has derailed into just me babbling for like five minutes? Would you like to end it with me by doing our best Scooby Dooby Doo in unison? Sure. Let's All do right. it. Scooby Dooby Doo! Dooby!